Hello everybody, it's Lucas Holmes and David Redden here with you with our uh, regular AFL and AFL HCC podcast. And without any further ado, the Chief Commentator of the Black Diamond Cup, Lucas James Holmes is with us. Hello Louis. Good, good afternoon, David. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, great to be back. Um, AFL Hunter has back this weekend after a general bye with the Queen's birthday long weekend. Can't wait to get back into it, David. And uh, before we go too much further, Lucas Holmes will be v- he's still absolutely over the moon with Collingwood's performance on Monday at the Sydney Cricket Ground. For I think that'll be the first time in history they've played Melbourne there. But a great performance by Collingwood, Lucas. Before we go any further, uh, farewell, Nathan Buckley. You must be very proud. Indeed. Surprised a little bit as well, David. Unfortunately, couldn't make it down. That was a great performance, really. Obviously, the lingering with Buckley, uh, Cody's final match obviously would have played a little bit of a part, but it was a Quite a dominant performance, really. I think Collingwood's forward pressure was an was key, and probably even more important with their ball movement. David often seen when Mason Cox has been in the lineup, they've often tended to vomit high and long. And with the Melbourne defence, including Stephen May and Jake Lever, that obviously wasn't an option. Cox not playing either as well, but definitely their uh, ball movement was low. Looking for their key forwards, I think they had eighteen inside marks inside four fifty to nine. So that shows how much of a that played in the game on Monday. Certainly does, and congratulations to Collingwood and uh, Melbourne. Will be, Melbourne will be there and thereabouts, uh, absolutely no doubt. Lucas, just before I want to have a bit of a chat with you about a few things, uh, you've just mentioned to me, and it is on the AFL website, a blockbuster signature uh, this afternoon's just come online the last couple of hours. Please talk to us about the deal that's been done at the Essendon Football Club. Yeah, so there was some speculation circling that Merritt um, could potentially be looking at a trade or looking at free agency, in fact, he was, he, he was a restricted free agent, but that won't be happening anymore. Um, Cal Trumi, Trumi, a great, um, great columnist for the AFL and does a fair bit of work in the, dra- in the area of the draft, so I'll be looking at his work uh, coming up for the draft later in the year, but he's just penned an article to the AFL website saying that uh, Merritt's penned an extension of the Essendon Football Club until the end of 2027, you know, and if you'll believe to be up, this is obviously not the exact numbers, and it's still believed to be worth up to $5 million. So massive, massive get there for Essendon, obviously keeping possibly a future captain of the club there, um, 25-year-old, so he'll be at the Essendon Football Club for the entirety of his career, you would you would, you would, think, David. Oh, you would, actually. That, that that's, a ma- that's massive news for Essendon, and it... Look, it goes to where Essendon's at. Um, that They've been okay lately, uh, to be fair, and this yeah. is something that they, um, it's certainly something that will be really um, well received at the club and by the fans as well, Lucas. I think the fans will be really pleased to see players like this um, uh, committing to the club long term. I think that says a lot. It also says a lot, too, with the direction they're going under Ben Rutten, too. David obviously had that handover. Um, in the last few years, but yeah, obviously as a big tick for Ben Rutt as well in terms of his, his coaching, where they're looking at too, and there was there was real looking at. They could he could have definitely left Merritt. Obviously, Carlton and Collingwood had quite a bit of interest in him. You would that would be quite an interesting uh, bargaining with uh, Essendon with Carlton and Collingwood. That wouldn't have gone too well. I wouldn't have thought, but no, that's a that's a big win there for Essendon. Obviously. This year, you can sort of take with a grain of salt, in my opinion. They've had some massive injuries down there. 
um, reigning bats and Barrett Jordan Ridley's missed time. Skipper Dyson Happel's missed time too. And one of those big rec- recruits from a few years ago, um, Dylan Shield, obviously missing a fair bit of time as well. So some fair bit of injury news up down there um, at Tullamarine, but uh, it's a big win for Essendon in the future for sure. Absolutely. Lucas, I wanted to have a, a catch-up with you. Um, I know you've been at broadcasting for a long time now. Um, with your attending Bathurst, and it was nice to see you avoided the snow, I might add, for, for your graduation, you've now been broadcasting a while. You, you, your Facebook page has got Lucas Holmes Journalist and Broadcasting. You're now qualified in that. Can you go through, um, for our listeners, how did you firstly get involved with commentating Black Diamond Cup football, what was the genesis of that uh, um, when you started? How did it come to be? Well, I, had, I, was, I was in quite a fortunate position. I have a, I have a very close friend who I'm still good mates with at the moment who um, that's where he sort of started. He was a cameraman at the time with Bar TV. And so and him and I talk sport and continue to talk sport quite often. So it's always been an interest of mine. Um, going back years, even before school, um, before university, obviously, too. So that was always my interest. I was just lucky enough that I had was in the position there that I was in to start um, calling a little bit alongside yourself and Gary, and that I just, I just got more competent and got to know the players a little bit more and sort of progressed through the ranks a little bit to where I am now. But it sort of all started from that last position where I was in, just had a few connections. And uh, as much maybe people don't want to hear it, um, obviously, you st- I've still got to do a fair bit of work and continue to do it. But, but a large part of it is sometimes who you know. Obviously, what you know as well is a, is a fair chunk of it. But you, you've almost sort of got to be lucky in some occasion that you've got to maybe know some people that can open some certain doors for you. And now that you've done the university degree, how does that assist? How does having a degree underneath your belt help you with broadcasting and also with the writing that you started doing uh, with, with your new role? How does it help? I think it's just having sort of the, the background in how you've, you've sort of got to formulate everything. Yes, you could do, and you've done a fair bit of, you've done some writing for the Hunter Social Coast over your time as well, but I think just from a, from a study and degree point of view, I just think it's about having that background, what maybe what you look for in trying to, formulate headlines and how stories should play out but it's ultimately just having the experience and more from the broadcasting side too I was lucky to um, with the degree I was doing at the university I was doing it at it was obviously well renowned for its journalism and communication degree so being really hands on but knowing what you what you're in for for lack of a better term and just getting that hands on experience with some of the um, with some of the better um, teachers and lecturers that, that there is in the country. So it's just about gaining that experience. I'm now have that experience and putting that into putting that into what I'm doing now out in the workforce. So I'm um, just sort of going full circle there. Just having that background in theory and then putting that practice that you've had in my three year degree. I'm now lucky enough to put that um, where I'm wanting to work in the future. Very good. Excellent. Thank you for that. AFLHEC this week is round nine games. The schedule is Maitland hosting Newcastle City at Max McMahon Oval in Rutherford. Cardiff hosting Kalani Vale at the Pastorfield Sports Complex in Cameron Park. 
Gosford hosting Warners Bay at Adcock Park, and the broadcast game with Lucas James Holmes, as your chief commentator, is Singleton and Terrigal of Ochre at Rose Point Park. Louis, um, yeah, look, the I reckon the most interesting game there for the latter, and I'm going to talk about the latter in a minute, but I reckon the most interesting game there is possibly Gosford and Warners Bay. Warners Bay are going along very nice at five and two. And if Gosford want to get... There are three or four sides fighting for that fifth spot in the ladder, and we'll talk about it in a minute. But it's a massive game for Gosford. They really have to start winning if they're going to be any chance at all. They, they do, though. We, we, we had a look at Gosford earlier in the year in that game in the rain. I think it was round two. Gosford and Carter said Adcock, and they were quite impressive there on a damn Adcock park. But, um, yeah, it, it looks to be on paper the game around. The game with Alex and I covering single terrible but it could possibly be quite a good game too it would almost just depend on what sort of side singleton puts out obviously with with the workforce and how that works up there but no that cost of Warners Bay um, looks to be quite a good game Warners Bay said they're five and two they're going along quite quite nicely very quietly and laid back I know speaking to Nathan Harkness and Dean Joe in the last few weeks they're happy where they're at We've got some injuries out there too. Zach Lawrence, who was on fire at Warners Bay in that Anzac Day game against Carter, um, is, is out with injury. Uh, Ryan Sorensen's Ryan missing. So too, um, Nick Metcalf. So there's a few out there. Obviously, all sides won't be 100%. Obviously, players carry niggles all through the year, but some big in there for Warners Bay. Um, Gosford have been impressive in patches too. Obviously, regaining Scott Birkinshaw. Um, who didn't play last season, but two getting Taylor Hopper back from injury in that game stuff against Carter too. So they've got some big ins there. Patrick Murphy been impressive as well. Dan White missed the first few starts with, with a um, hit, hit slash groin injury. So going to be a great game down there at Adcock. Going to be interesting to Warners Bay to see how they can um, work at Adcock. Obviously, Bain being one of the bigger grounds in the league and Adcock arguably being the smallest. But no, that'll be a great game for sure. Lucas, um, looking at the ladder, and I'm going to run through it from nine to one. In ninth and Nelson Bay, and they've got the week off this week. They're on zero points. Then Gosford and Cardiff are on eight points each. And what is fascinating is that their percentage is higher than the teams that are sixth and fifth, which is utterly bizarre. So Gosford are seventh on eight. Sorry, eighth on eight. Cardiff are seventh on eight. Then in sixth position is Maitland on 60.88%. So if the final five was held now, it would be Singleton into the five on 12. Kalani Vala game ahead of them on 16. Warners Bay in third on 20. Newcastle City uh, second on 24. And surprise, surprise, Terry Gullivoca on top with 28. So if the finals were held now, Terry Gullivoca would put their feet up and have a, a training run at Hilton Moor. City would host Warners Bay. and Well, City would play Warners Bay and Kalani Vala play Singleton. I find it difficult to think that Terry... That could talk to me. Is there any chance that someone could break the stranglehold that Terrigal on Newcastle, Terrigal of Oakland, Newcastle City have on the grand final? Or do you if, think there's an inexorable path to the grand final here where we're just short of halfway through? It would be very difficult, um, if I'm going to be honest with you, David. We've, we've had a look at both sides. Um, we, I had Terrigal and City round one. Um, and Terrible were quite strong there. Had a few players out. Mitch Price didn't play that game. He's only been back probably three or four weeks. I haven't seen them yet. We actually have a Terrible hosting City in three weeks' time, I want to say. Oh. Um, so down at Hilton Moor. So that'll be a spectacle. But 
it would have to, I think, if, if injuries or maybe inclement weather would take part, that could possibly um, be the only way Warners Bay is strong because they take that next step um, to, to put it up a fight against the city or a terrible. We haven't seen it. We saw it a few years ago, actually, at number one, if I'm not mistaken, Warners Bay was an upset win over Newcastle City there, but... Kalaniville, we had that Kalani Warners Bay game a few weeks ago. They were undermanned. You know, Chris Gordon, no Damien Hector in that side. So they've got a few players to come back as well. But I think the way it's looking, it would have to be, I think, Warners Bay or Kalani Valley, in my opinion, that could ultimately unseat the top two. But it would have to be a fairly dominant display from one of the, one of those two that could uh, maybe see that happen. Absolutely. And um, look, look, while we're while we're talking about HCC, um, the AFL HCC women's ladder is Cardiff, then City, Terrigal of Oka, Killarney Vale, Wyong Lakes, then Lake Mac, Maitland, and Warners Bay. Um, the fixture this week is Wyong Lakes uh, hosting Terrigal of Oka at Don Small, Maitland hosting City at Max McMahon, Lake Mac hosting Warners Bay, and what is another huge game for Killarney Vale is Cardiff versus Killarney Vale. That's at the Pastfield Sports Complex. Um, and for the first time in a few years, Louis, you know, you, you're looking down the barrel of possibly a Cardiff-Newcastle City finishing one and two, and they may get in the grand final, but there's some good games there, actually. Um, Cardiff and Clonyville's a cracker, and Terry Golovica will give Wong Lakes uh, 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 s- some interesting questions to answer at the Dom. They will have, I had one as they and Wong last uh the week before the bye, David Wild Lakes obviously a little too strong there. Rebecca Ives important. Sarah Ball impressive too. Luana Greentree had a really good game. So be interesting to see how Terrible Evoca's forward line um, will set up around that. Obviously no Morgan Ross for the majority of the year. We would think had that PCL injury another PCL injury in the AFL in the last few days that we'll speak about later on. Um, that'll that's affect a certain uh, uh, Australian centre half back but we'll keep that for later on. But yeah, first time earlier in the year that Cardiff defeated Kalani Vale, David, too. So I'll be looking to make it two from two, from two to date against Kalani Vale, but that, for me, would be the match of the round. Um, Lake Macquarie um, had the pleasure of Holly Kozik being back in the fold for about a two- or three-week stretch. Um, you'd, you'd expect them to be a little bit too strong for a very youthful and inexperienced Warners Bay side. And Newcastle uh, City uh, should get should get the job done over Maitland, who who are quite a youthful side, but some experience sprinkled through there. Absolutely, yep. No, it's a, it's a very good game round. And um, look, I think the most interesting thing there is that it's a real test for Wyong Lakes to see see if they can continue on. Wyong Lakes have got to continue bidding sides around them. Um, but yeah, at the moment, it's hard to see with Colonial perhaps. Um, just, just coming, uh, just coming back a cog. Hard to see anybody else but City and Cardiff making the grand final. But again, we're a long way out, and there's a long, long way to go. Uh, a long, long way to go in that competition. Lucas, um, the, this weekend, and the we'll switch over to the AFL now. It's it's a truncated round, and um, do, you, people will be a bit surprised by a couple of these venues, Louis. Um, if we could focus on this round, but there's some games that have been moved. Um, 
And I note that the GWS Carlton game, with the problems that are being held in the eastern suburbs of Sydney at the moment with COVID, with three cases in the eastern suburbs, the only game in Sydney is actually scheduled for Sydney Olympic Park. So it looks like the Giants and Carlton's going to go ahead. So the round is as follows. Geelong will host the Western Bulldogs at Cadinia Park in Geelong, and that's being played in front of an empty stadium, Lucas. Geelong did not want to move that game, and everybody's agreed that it'll be played on Friday night in Geelong in an empty stadium. So have they decided in the I thought there was an announcement the last few days saying that they could have up to 7,000 there? No, there's an AFL... Um, okay. There's an AFL... Po- that, now, that's as much as I know. I'm reading off the same websites that you do. But the the way it's been written is that that's empty stadium. We'll have to wait and see about that one. But it's definitely being played on Friday night. The Gold Coast hosts Port Adelaide in the LA game on Saturday at Metricon Stadium. So the North Melbourne-Brisbane game has been moved to Bell Reeve. So North Melbourne will play two games in uh, seven days at Bell Reeve Oval in Hobart. They're hosting the Brisbane Lions. Um, that's the twilight game Saturday. The night game on Saturday night, the Giants and Carlton playing at Sydney Olympic Park. And then the only game on Sunday with Adelaide, Collingwood, St Kilda, Sydney, Fremantle, Richmond, Melbourne and West Coast all having a rest is Hawthorne and Essendon. Now, this game, you would never see Hawthorne and Essendon being played other than anywhere in Victoria. Of course, the famous line in the sand game was played between these two sides, and they've got a fabulous history in grand finals. But this game's being played at York Park in Launceston. And the reason that Lucas and I are doing a Thursday podcast this week is that uh, Richmond and West Coast were due to play tonight. But because Richmond were over in Perth after the Dreamtime game, everybody did some reshuffling and, and I think wisely played um, their, their uh, game last week. And of course, West Coast won in a thriller. So there's no games in Perth this week at all. First time that's happened in a while. But that's the draw for this week. Uh, Louis, yeah, I was reading off an AF, off the AFL uh, website talking that there has been an article. Now, have you got another article for our fans that talks about Geelong and, uh, yeah, sorry, Geelong and, and Western Bulldogs being played in front of some fans. Have you got a source for that, mate, so we can talk to our, our listeners? Yeah, so I've just gone to the AFL website, and this is two days ago by Mitch Cleary um, on the AFL website. So straight from there, just I got it straight from the match centre for this week's game. And it says here, post-match, I'm just in ready here at the moment. So the last I read, was that they could have up to 7,000 people there, but it has to be that they have to be either locals or or members of, of the two clubs. So I'm just trying to skim through this article here, but there is nothing on that front at the moment. So Barbara's a host grounds in front of crowds in Victoria during round 14. So that looks like there are no crowds. Um, so that must have changed in the last couple of days. But so that, from what... Originally, what I read was they could have up to 7,000, but it looks like you were correct there, David. It looks like they have no crowds there tomorrow evening, which will, which is a shame because it's going to be a great match. Obviously, Geelong in red-hot form, we both tipped them to upset Port Adelaide away from home last weekend, and they did exactly that. So, it's going to be a big game. Obviously, still fewer injuries there for the Western Bulldogs. Still no Trelaw. Um, Tim English is back and has been the last few weeks. Um, Stephen Martin's been back a couple as well. So it's going to be a mouthwatering clash nonetheless. Absolutely. Lucas, lots happening actually in the AFL. Um, lots and lots actually. Uh, first of all, um, very uh, sad news for one of the best players in the competition, 
Darcy Moore done for the season with a PCL. Please give us some more info. And I know you'll be well in tune with this one, him being one of your beloved club's best players. Yeah, but that, it only popped up. I think it was it last night. Um, so, yeah, as you said there, Darcy Moore will miss the remainder of the, the season, most likely with a PCL injury. Obviously, um, reigning four strength centre-half back. So it'll be interesting to see how they do some reshuffling behind the football there. Um, I know Darcy Curran's been quite good uh, in the last few weeks. He's a career best four on his former home ground there, CJ, last week against Melbourne. But um, I'd expect someone possibly like a Tom Wilson to slot in at centre-half back. Obviously, former Australian boomer. Um, he played his first game a few weeks ago. Um, interesting to see what they do there, but they might do some reshuffling. you also got to remember, too, that there's no Jeremy, Jeremy Howe quite yet. So quite undermanned in sort of that intercept marking role over Collingwood Football Club. But uh, with a bye this week, that might uh, give, a, give them another week or so to rest up and a home game at Marvel against Fremantle next weekend to look forward to. Lucas, I've just found an article on ESPN, on the ESPN AFL page. Um, and the the first article, a paragraph, supports your statement. Geelong coach Chris Scott has expressed his frustration and bemusement at the AFL blockbuster hosted by the Cats being capped at 7,000 people. So the information I had was obviously a little bit old. So that's all, that is not on the AFL website. That is on ESPN's AFL page. It's a pretty well-sourced page, that one. Um, it's got some pretty good information. I'm about to talk about the Brownlow Metal Predictor on there. So, yep, uh, good call, Lucas Holmes. Looks like there'll be 7,000 there, which is better than nothing. Um, and it's also, I think, responsible, given the scenarios that we're all facing at the moment. Yeah, and I think that was, it was further tight too. So, as I mentioned before, from what I had been reading, it was that so a cap of 7,000, you had to be a local to the area and or you had to be a member of either the Geelong or Western Bulldogs football club. So there's quite, it's quite, it's quite strict, which is good, but as you said. And 7,000 uh, people at Cadenia Park is, is quite good too. Obviously, you're quite close, quite an yep. intimate atmosphere there, but the great, great football ground, as we all know. Yeah, um, going through, Geelong and Western Bulldogs is actually getting onto the football purely. Uh, and again, bad, very bad news for Darcy Moore and Jordan Ngoi's out for a week. He got pinged as well, so does, doesn't help Collingwood's um, case. Now, um, Geelong and Western Bulldogs, that's a phenomenal game of football. It really is. Um, Western Bulldogs are 231 on sports, but Geelong 162. I reckon that they should be even money. This is almost impossible. To, they're, they're different sides. They play different footy. For mine, the the Geelong are just starting to gain momentum. They had a very good win against Port Adelaide recently. I'm going to tip Geelong by nine points here. Yeah, I'm with you, David. I think Geelong will be too strong, especially at, at their home ground. Um, obviously, being to Park, as I spoke about earlier, Western Bulldogs still missing a few. And I'm with you, David. I think Geelong is just starting to uh, hit their straps now. Obviously, Cameron and Hawkins are easily the best forward tandem for me in the league. I know Revolt and Lynch are quite good, but I don't think you can match the Hawkins. The dynamics are different dynamics that Hawkins and Hawkins and Cameron can give you. Um, especially and being in Geelong too, I just think they'll be a little bit too strong. The Gold Coast and Port Adelaide play at Carrara early on the Saturday game. Port Adelaide have been very average of late. Um, they really need to beat the Suns. I can see this being very close. 
Gold Coast are far different kettle of fish in Queensland than they are anywhere else. But for mine, just with a bit too much experience and body size, Port Adelaide by about 15 points for me. Yeah, um, same uh, same result for me. Not sure if Scott Rice gets back this week or it could be next. So if he were to come back, that would really um, give Port Adelaide the ascendancy in the rough. Obviously, uh, no Jared Wick for the year with an ACL. Yes, Zach Smith there, but he's um, not quite the player that Jared Wick is. Um, Port, Adelaide, Port Adelaide will be wanting to bounce back after that loss to Geelong last week. Be interested to see how Matt Rowell goes. Played that, played in that um, Gold Coast game last week was a little quiet, obviously, first game back from that PCL injury in his own. But even, even so, Port, Port Adelaide away from home, they're one of the three or four sides for me that can win a premiership and they'll have to put a, put uh, Gold Coast away to, to further strengthen their group looking forward to September. The Brisbane Lions will go to Bell Reeve and they'll beat North Melbourne. North Melbourne were pretty good last week for three quarters against the Giants and let two points slip with a poor performance in the last quarter. Admittedly, the Giants woke up, but that Brisbane will, will not give them any favours, and I think Brisbane will maul them, actually. I'm thinking Brisbane by six to eight goals. Yeah, what was it? North Melbourne up by 28 points three-quarter time last week. Um, Kalani Bale Jr., Daniel Lloyd got, the, got two late goals. The Giants had the opportunity. Oh, don't talk to me about that. Oh, you should... My dog, my poor dog, my poor... My poor dog at home nearly ran for cover when he kicked when he went for that last behind. Oh, oh God, I went off. I was watching it. It wasn't pleasant, and there's no way the Giants should draw to North Melbourne. No way. That no. is just poor. But um, no, Josh Kelly was superb last week. He was. 39 disposals, two goals. So, um, and he put his contract course on hold for the end of the season, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, could, and he obviously had that offer from North Melbourne a few years ago. But, yeah, nonetheless... 28 points down at three-quarter time. You've got to give the Giants credit that Brisbane, yeah, will be too, much too strong for a North Melbourne side. The Giants and Carlton have an interesting fixture on Saturday night. Carlton at 2.23 on Sportsbet. The Giants $1.66. I think that's pretty close. Um, I'm the other, obviously, I'm going to tip the Giants. I tip them every week. Um, uh, Carlton have been unimpressive. The Giants have been average. The Giants are an average football side. They're actually, I think they've been okay with, after losing a lot of stars in the last couple of years. Um, and because this game's at Sydney Olympic Park, I'll go with the Giants at home for me. Thank you. Yeah, I'm leaning a little bit that way too. Obviously, from a, from a Carlton perspective, firstly, I had um, Sam Walsh is really taking his game to the next level this year, in my opinion, David. Um, Interesting news out out of Carlton too this week um, with Charlie Turner ramping up his training with potentially looking at back half of the season and return to action. Obviously, missed the last couple of years with injury. Um, but from a Giants perspective too, they regained Cody Green last week. It was okay. But yeah, at home, I just think they'll be a little bit too strong for Carlton. But I'd be interesting to see if they throw a match before at a, at a Paddy Cripps or a Sam Walsh. We'll have to wait and see for that one. But that, that would make the most sense to me. DeBoer at Walsh makes a bit more sense physically. And then Hawthorne, after a superb performance against Sydney at the SCG, host Eston. This game's at York Park in Launceston due to the COVID situation in Victoria. This game's close. Sportsbet's got Eston as favourites at $1.56. Hawthorne were excellent last week. I don't know if Hawthorne can back that up twice in a row, but they are a very they love playing at York Park in Launceston. I'm actually going to tip Hawthorne here, much as I don't like it because I don't like them. But I'm going to tip Hawthorne, uh, perhaps in a bit of a surprise, Hawthorne by seven points for me. Yeah, it's going to be a tight one, David. You spoke about it then. 
standout for Hawthorne last week was John Newcomb, obviously picked up in the mid-season draft, was the first um, of those mid-season draftees to play an AFL game. Also laid 14 tackles on debut, which is the most by a player on debut in AFL history. So a small piece of uh, history there for John Newcomb, but it's going to be a tight game. Obviously spoke about um, uh, Essendon, excuse me, uh, injury troubles of late. Um, and I'm sort of tempted to agree with you there, David. Young, more inexperienced side that Hawthorne are. Are they able to peak two uh, close wins like that? Oh, two wins against probably more talented sides, ugly back to back? I'm thinking not. I'm also going to go with Essendon on that one. Okay. Now, onto the Brownlow Medal uh, leaderboard. This is ESPN's unofficial predictor. Of course, a few, some teams didn't play last week, but Ollie Wines and Port Adelaide got a vote and a half. So did David Mundy. So the top five or six are Bonten Pelle, 18 and a half. Oliver on 18. Darcy Parrish, 16 and a half. Ollie Wines now 15 and a half. David Mundy, 14. Jackson McRae, 13 and a half. Christian Petraka, 13 and a half. And a bloke who's quietly snuck underneath the radar and... Um, it picked up another couple of votes last week. Took Miller from Gold Coast on 13. So that's where the predictor is, of course. Uh, Bontempelli's playing this weekend against Geelong. You can't imagine them not trying to put people onto him. But I reckon the top five or six is where it's going to end up. I know that doesn't sound much of a prediction. But, you know, I, I give players like Parrish and Mundy have a certain chance because their sides aren't playing well. Petrarca and Oliver and Big Max are going to take votes off each other. Max is sitting back there on 12 votes. Um, but, yeah, look, Bontempelli, Oliver, Parrish, Wines, Mundy. It's a pretty good top five, isn't it? Yeah, sure is, David. Just quickly on that, Bontempelli, um, tonight you made there. It would be interesting to see if they get along to all that tag him. If they do, it will be Mark O'Connor, um, who they bring to him. He's done a fair he, He's a... Uh, Talk up a fair few in the, in the first half of the season has been quite impressive. So, if, if Bondapelli were to be tagged in the middle, it would be Mark O'Connor for sure. Um, on the ground low, um, specifically there, no real surprise. Clayton Oliver was quite impressive um, on the weekend, and so too was Max Gorn. Actually, added a little bit of a string. We obviously see Gorn um, when he's not playing the rugby, or when he even when he is, he's put a trip back. Um, Collingwood playing their third game, and Max Lynch. Um, who actually won that won that hit out um, battle on the weekend? That um, Gorn tried to drag um, Lynch behind the football, so Gorn went forward, um, kicked a couple as well. So interesting to see if he if he keeps going with that tactic or he goes back and drops behind the football. As you've said many times in this year on our podcast, Lucas, and it's amazing to think we're halfway through the season. I must admit, I really enjoyed in this podcast with you, just to hear your opinions on footy and, and, and what your thoughts are. It's been great, so thank you so much for your time. But um, no Ma- Max is the best ruckman in the league, and um, being interested to see who's going to become the second or third ruckman behind him. Um, really, Grundy's had an average year, but he's a good player. And Goldstein's still a pretty fair player down there at North Melbourne. But Max is the most important big man in the comp by a long way. Louis broadcast this week is Singleton and Terrigal of Oka in both grades up there at Rose Point Park in Singleton. Um, you and Alex, Alex Dagani and Lucas Holmes on air. And uh, 5 to 12, I reckon you'll be on Bar TV. Is that about right, Louis? Correct. Uh, yeah, 5 to 12 and 5. But just before we go, I just want to mm-hmm. turn everybody's attention to something. I'm not sure how much of the Adelaide St Kilda game you would have watched on Saturday night. Though. It was a fascinating, uh, fascinating incident, if I may call that in there. Mackay. Mackay, um, yeah. So uh, Hunter Clark and David Mackay going for the football. 
There's huge talk about this one, the permutations it's got. And in fact, one of the articles that I've been reading in preparation for our potty tonight, and yes, you're not the only one that does some homework, I do a little bit, um, is that they reckon the game may change forever because of this particular tribunal. It'll be fascinating, particularly if it comes back, you know, jaws are six to eight weeks. If it comes back six to eight, look out, there's going to be some really, the, the fallout from it could be massive. So, uh, uh, yeah, look, please keep an eye on that one. Lucas, thank you so much for your time. Good luck. At uh, Rose Point Park, should be some interesting fixtures there. Be great to see Singleton put up a good fight, and you'll get another chance to look at an awesome Terrigal of Oakside. They are just awesome. Yeah, haven't seen Mitch Price in the regular season yet, so it'll be interesting. And you've got a couple of interesting games oh. in your hand down at Sydney University on the weekend too, are you? Oh. Yeah, the, 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 both games are crackers, but the Premier Division men's game, uh, which starts at one fifty at the University of Sydney, weather permitting, I might add, the weather's supposed to be feral this weekend. Um, yeah. Sydney Uni and New South Wales Uni, first of all, they don't like each other at all. Two, they're, they're, they're both in the top three, and it's a grand final replay. So cannot wait. I must admit, um, Sam's on leave this week, so I'm on my own, but I cannot wait for this game, Lucas. It's going to be exhilarating. So both games here on uh, AFL Sportscast and also on KO is Sydney Uni and the University of New South Wales Uni at Sydney at the University of Sydney um, men's game but from 150 women's game straight after. Quick should be a cracking weekend of games, both in in, in very, two very different places, Singleton and Camperdown. Yeah, a little bit of a, a chance of rain. They're only talking about 50 or 60% of zero to two meals up at Singleton, so maybe sheltered a little bit by that, but uh, the weather looks to wreak havoc. All, Sounds great, Louis. Um, again, I'm on holidays this week. The wife and I up the coast. We'll, I'll be coming to you from Batemans Bay next week. Looking forward to that very much. Louis, thank you so much for your time. Have a great week. Good luck with your call. Look forward to seeing you next week, my friend. Likewise, David. We'll speak to you then. On behalf of Lucas James Holmes, the Chief Commentator of the AFL's Black Diamond Cup, my name is David Redden. It's been our pleasure bringing you our podcast. For Lucas, this is David. Goodbye for now.